0: Tonight is study number 19 of Genesis chapter 4. And we're continuing to look at verses um, 23 and 24. And Lamech said unto his wives, Adah and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech. For I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt, if Cain... Shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamak seventy and sevenfold, and in our last study we we saw that uh Lamak's statement in verse twenty three that he had slain a man to his wounding and a young man to his hurt identified uh specially identified with a verse in Exodus that indicated that if anyone wounds someone, they will be wounded. If they give a stripe, they will receive a stripe. Stripe for stripes, wound for wounds. And so he is indicating that because he has offended, he has transgressed, he's broken the law of God through slaying a man. This is done to his own wounding and his own hurt or were stripe and and that means that he will receive punishment and and it's a recognition of the punishment that he will receive just as God punished Cain for murder, Lamak is is indicating well, the, the punishment will come his way also. And then in verse 24, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold truly, Lamach 70 and sevenfold. So, he is referring back to Cain. And back in verse 15, God did say regarding Cain, because he was afraid that anyone that found him would kill him. And, and Jehovah said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And Jehovah set a mark upon Cain, Lest any finding him should kill him, and we discussed that we saw how even though Cain is guilty, he he killed his brother, which he should not have done, and and he and his brother are a picture, a representation of the people of God or those that were within the corporate body, the New Testament churches and congregations, like the wheat and the tares dwelling together. But when God made known that uh, he required a sacrifice and then the Lord revealed which of them was accepted and which was not, just as God revealed at the end of the church age which were the wheat and which were the tares through the mechanism of opening the scriptures to reveal the command. That the people of God had to depart out of the congregations, and those that stayed behind were revealed to be the tares. Now, it doesn't mean, and we know this, that everyone who came out of the church is the wheat, but all of the elect did come out of the church, even though there there were some who came out who were not elect, but still that was the process that God established, and and that's why God said that he would punish anyone who killed Cain. They they would be uh, punished or vengeance would be taken on anyone who would do such a thing sevenfold. Because Cain represented the church under the judgment of God. And even though God's hand is stretched out in wrath upon the corporate body, that does not give anyone else permission or allowance to strike them and and to afflict them even though that's exactly what happened within the world and 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 uh, with Esau who uh, as we read in Obadiah, uh, he he should not have done it, but he did. in the day of his brother's calamity, he he was siding with the enemy and that's the reason God, pronounces a penalty upon the one slaying Cain sevenfold or seven times it's um the judgment of god upon those that dare to stretch forth their hand against god's anointed but why does lamach who again is recognizing he has done wrong he has slain a man to his own wounding and a young man to his own hurt and and so he is recognizing his sin in a sense, but he's also saying in verse 24, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, and and again, that would mean if anyone were to kill Cain for Cain's murder, then God would avenge with, with a sevenfold punishment upon that person. Then it goes on to say, truly Lamech, Seventy and sevenfold, that if anyone killed Lamech, they were to also be killed seventy and sevenfold. So so the first thing we see is the number, the number. Now, sevenfold is seven times, but Lamech is indicating this is seventy times above that. Seventy and sevenfold, and and if we add them together, it's seventy-seven, which would be seven times eleven, and that number seven points to perfection, and eleven points to the coming of the Messiah, as as the Lord Jesus entered into the world, after eleven thousand years of history, but here I think the emphasis is more on seventy and seven. That is the seventy above the seven times that uh, God would avenge Cain, and the number seventy is ten times seven, and uh, that would be ten completeness and seven perfection, or the perfect completeness of vengeance would would be in view, because that's what he's talking about that um, that Cain is avenged sevenfold. Lamech would be avenged seventy and sevenfold. The complete perfection of vengeance. And when does the complete perfection of vengeance take place? Well, that takes place in Judgment Day, the final judgment of mankind. And I think that's what's in view. Cain is avenged sevenfold. He is a picture of the corporate church, and any stretching forth their hand against him, God avenges. Lamech is a later descendant of Cain, but he did not have the same relationship with God as Cain did, as Cain was driven out, and Lamech is is a few generations later. He... Has grown up in the land of wandering, the land of Nod. He is an outsider to Eden, to the the, the corporate body or the the uh, outward representation of God's kingdom on earth, to God Himself. He has spent his whole life dwelling in a place that is from the presence of Jehovah, just like the people of the world, and and I think. The, the reason that that Lamak is making this statement is to indicate that he is someone that identifies with the unsafe people of the world, while Cain, in particular, identifies with the unsafe people that have relationship to God in the corporate body, the church, or, or who would take the name of Christ and, and call themselves Christian. In Matthew chapter 18, we, we have some similar numbers as uh, Peter comes to the Lord Jesus in Matthew 18, verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Now, that's interesting because that's sevenfold that that's basically what sevenfold means seven times and and that was what god had said concerning cain vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold and in verse 22 jesus saith unto him i say not unto thee until seven times but until 70 times 7 now of course, 70 times is different than 70 and 7. 70 and 7 is 77. 70 times 7 is 490. And, and so that is a different number, but we still have the 7 times brought up in connection with the number 70. So there is a similarity. Although instead of addition, it's multiplication, and so Peter asked, um, "How often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him?" Now, what if you do not forgive your brother? What are you doing? Or, or what would be another way of saying that? If you're unforgiving, you are taking vengeance. You you are being vengeful. Against your brother, and and so uh, Peter says, "How long must I forgive till seven times?" And Jesus says, "I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven, until the complete perfection of what of what's in view, really of." time in this world because God commands his people to forgive vengeance is the lords we are not to take vengeance while we live in this world that is when someone does something a wrong against us personally we do not respond in wrath and and in judgment and, and of course we we have um th- this is called sin when we do it but according to the law of god according to god's perfect will we are not to respond that way and the true believer learns to be forgiving forbearing one another and and realizing even as god for christ's sake has forgiven us that that's what we are to do with others and so the commandment of God is forgive. Forgive 70 times 7. And, and really this draws on the 70 weeks of Daniel chapter 9. Because a week is 7 days. So 70 weeks are 70 sevens. And, and 70 sevens are 490. And so the Lord Jesus is really drawing upon the, the reference in Daniel 9 to the 70 weeks and the, the 70 weeks extend all the way to the time of the end. And so Christ is indicating that you are to forgive until the end, until the, the world is gone or and now it's a whole different matter. When we're looking at God coming in judgment, and all the saints with Him, and as First Corinthians said, "Know ye not that the saints shall judge the world?" That's a different matter. It that has nothing to do with judging our neighbor, or judging our brother, or judging our friend, or or enemy, because they stepped on our foot, or or because they said something we don't we just don't like and and we're offended by. It's a whole different matter when believers are with christ as christ has come as the judge of the earth and as the believers share the scriptures or share that information they are partaking in the judgment process with the lord jesus that 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 has nothing to do with um someone slaps your face and 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 someone has gossiped about you and now You, you want to get even? No, there are two different matters, and Christ here is addressing Peter's um, matter, or or the topic is forgiving the brother that has sinned against me, that has offended me in some way, whatever way, and and that forgiveness goes until the end of the world, until we are always to forgive. Always while we live in this world, even though now, uh, we're living in the day of judgment, the day when God has begun to spiritually judge the unsaved inhabitants of the earth, and we are judging with him. Judging with Christ, again, is a completely different matter. As, as Christ is the judge, we are only involved as far as sharing the things that the Bible's revealing. Never are we pointing the finger at any individual. Completely different than, than our one-on-one relationships with people. In family and neighborhoods and jobs and with strangers on the street. And the 490 leads to that point of the end. And so we are to forgive the completeness of perfection 70 times. And that's again pointing to the end of the world. One of the reasons why it would seem that Lamach, by saying that he will be avenged seventy and sevenfold, the completeness of perfection of vengeance above that of the vengeance upon Cain the seven times would indicate that it has to do with the final judgment of unsaved mankind. Well, you know, it's a, it's a difficult verse, yet I think through the numbers that that is the understanding that the Lord would have us to have about that. Okay, let's move on in Genesis 4 and we'll read verses 25 and 26. And Adam knew his wife again and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also, there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of Jehovah. Now let's just... um, Look at a couple of things here. There, there is a, a very big teaching in these verses and it, it extends into Genesis 5. So for the re- remainder of this study, we're just going to look at a couple of things in verses 25 and 26. And, and then Lord willing, in our next study, we'll look at the larger picture or the larger doctrine that God has hidden in this verse. Now now we know that Adam is a figure of Christ. Adam knew his wife again, and Eve, who is Adam's wife, came out of his side, and therefore she's a figure of the elect and and also a, a, a type of the mother of us all. The the Jerusalem above. And, and so she bore a son, Abel, who we know was a righteous man. Many scriptures tell us that, and, and it's certain. Abel was a child of God. But Cain slew Abel, and, and, and we've seen the, early on in Genesis 4, that God made a point of letting us know it came to pass in the end of days. Cain slew Abel. And we related that uh, as, as we went through the chapter to the end of the church age, the separation from the wheat and the tares. And, and now though, um, Adam knows his wife again and she bears another son. And called his name Seth. The name Seth means appointed, and that's why it goes on to say in verse 25, she uh, and called his name Seth for God. Now said she is in italics, so I I would just uh, not pay any attention to that. For God hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, so. She bare a son, called his name Seth. And the reason is, God hath appointed another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And so, Seth means appointed. Uh, The name Seth is derived from a word that means appointed. And then it goes on to say in verse 26, And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, And he called his name Enos. Now, the name Enos, the Hebrew word that that is his name, um, is related to the word that's translated men. And and so, uh, he called his name Enos, then began men to call upon the name of Jehovah. So, the word men is related to Enos. And, and so this is all happening after Cain has slain Abel. Cain has been driven out. And and we just went through a, a a lot of information that God spent telling us about Cain. Well, now the attention's turning back to Adam and Eve and Eve bearing another son who uh has been appointed to her by God instead of Abel. And then he has this son named Enos, and men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, this is all very important. You know, there, there are people, they've just given up on the timeline of history. They've given up on the whole idea of God saving a great multitude. They don't see them anywhere. And, and so they, they basically have concluded based on their own experience. I don't see any great multitude and, and, and dates seemingly have failed. And, and so they're, they're not carefully staying in the scriptures to draw these conclusions, but they're, they're allowing Outward circumstances or or perceived circumstances to cloud the things that they've learned previously from the Bible, so now they don't believe them anymore. And yet, isn't it amazing that here in Genesis four we saw the the whole matter between Cain and Abel, which occurred at the end of days, very carefully God laid out the whole division between them that would take place at the end of days. And then another seed is appointed instead of Abel. And then at that point, Seth has a son and men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Well, now let's go into Genesis chapter 5. And it says... In verse 3, And Adam lived a 130 years, and begat a son in his own likeness, and after his image, and called his name Seth. So that means that what we're reading in verses 25 and 26 of Genesis 4 took place 130 years from creation. Adam was a 130 years old, and, and he was... He was created in the first week of the world's existence. So the world is 130 years old and at that point Cain has slain Abel. At that point God is identifying the end of days. At that point God has appointed another seed instead of Abel whom Cain slew this man named Seth. And and, and, and do you see it? Do you see it? And, you know, is it, is it me? Is it, or was it Mr. Camping when he would see these things? Is it, you know, various individuals of God's elect? Do we make these things up? Are, are we arranging the scriptures in this kind of a way? Is it possible that the number 13 that identifies with the end of the world and here, 130 would be 10 times 13, the completeness that comes at the end of the world. And is it possible that the separation of the wheat and the tares, which took place at the end of the Church Age, and the beginning of the Great Tribulation, which began in the year 1988, which was what year in Earth's history? the 13,000th year of earth's history, which would be 10 times 10 times 10 times 13. The 13,000th 13, year of earth's history was the end of the church age, the great tribulation, the time when the wheat would be divided from the tares. Just as we read in Genesis 4, in the end of days, Cain and Abel are divided by God, and it and then we're given one timeline here, just one age of Adam one hundred and thirty years. Why isn't Adam if if these things are all wrong, if we're so incorrect and so way off base and off course, we don't know where we're at in time if we listen to practically everyone else? We don't know where we're at. We're we're just blind as a bat. Why is it that Adam's not 115? Why isn't he 146 or 152? Why 130? Why that age? The age of Jacob when he entered into Egypt after two years famine with five years to go in the year 1877 B.C.? And that seven-year famine, according to Acts chapter 7, was Great Tribulation. There God ties in the age, 130, with Great Tribulation. And here again, here again in Genesis, in chapter 4, and also in chapter 5, we get the age. God is linking the division the dividing of two brothers to the age of 130. Just coincidence, just coincidence. Uh, uh, no, no, this is the Bible. This is the word of God. This is the book where God says he declares the end from the beginning. This is God revealing things that will unfold thousands of years into the future and he's revealing a biblical timeline, a biblical calendar of history. Well, when we get together in our next study, we'll look at the big doctrine that God just, uh, revealed to us and, and then we'll, we'll make preparation to enter into Genesis five where we will begin slowly and carefully by God's grace to go through that biblical calendar of history which has given us so many key dates. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's evening Bible studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone.